Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's episode 172 of the Audible Farm podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Couchtown Coffee. Couchtown Coffee is roasted right here in Iowa. It's my favorite coffee. They'll roast coffee any way you want it. They'll ship it to your house, and all you got to do is grind it up and enjoy the good time. So check out CouchtownCoffee.com. Find a coffee you like and make an order. And when you do make an order, let them know Audible Farm sent you, and they'll give you 20% off. Why? Because Couchtown Coffee is that awesome. Thanks, Couchtown. This episode, I'm sitting down with Igor Alexandrovich. I've sat down with him before. Uh, Check out his old episode. It is an absolute riot. Crazy stories, and uh, all of them can be backed up uh, through pretty much any sort of proof he's got. I mean, he sent me videos of, of the stories from the last podcast. So it's really wild to hear some of the things and, uh, you know, just, just to realize that like a lot of this stuff has actually happened. He's led a crazy life. I mean, originally from Russia, he moved over here, didn't speak much English. You should check out the old episode. Trust me. It's super, super good. So when Igor hit me up to, to chat again, I said, heck yeah. And we talk about all sorts of things. We talk about him overcoming carpal tunnel. We talk about him playing music with Clint Riedel recently and, uh, you know, just showing up at shows and uh, sometimes getting pulled up on stage to play along with everyone. So that's really fun. Uh, You know, I just got to say I had a great time sitting down with Igor Alexandrovich. So I hope you guys enjoy this one as much as I did. This is episode 172 with Igor Alexandrovich. It's the Audible Farm Podcast with your host, Peter Stockdale. I'm sitting down with Igor again. Igor, you were one of like uh, the craziest interviews I did because you told some wild, wild stories. And, and I think the coolest part about it all was you sent me like videos that actually like backed up the stories. Like I remember the one was... Uh, you brought a guy out in a coffin, and there were a bunch of cats right. in there. And when you opened it up, I mean, he's on. This is like a stage show. Like, think Alice Cooper, you know? Oh, uh, we did it back in '89, yeah. Yeah, back in so Siberia. Pull this guy out on stage, open up this coffin, and there's a pile of cats in there, and they all ran away. So, it was, and, he's, and there's a video of that online. It's really wild. So, but I mean, there's, I mean, you were telling some crazy stories. If anybody's never met Igor before or or heard of Igor. You have to go listen to the older episode. It is it is absolutely wild. So uh, I, I tell everyone like that's one of my favorite episodes because you told some awesome awesome stories. Like I never thought about how different. You know, well, you're from Russia. For people that are listening to this for the first time, Igor's Russian and right. uh, uh, born and raised. Yes, and you were telling me just a second ago that Christmas in Russia is on January seventh. Seventh, okay. Is there a reason why it's like the 25th? Well, it's the Orthodox, I guess. Russians are Orthodox, whatever okay. Christians, whatever. Okay. And, uh, I don't know, somehow Orthodox, they celebrate on January 7th. I don't know the oh. history of that. Or yeah. Now I'm going to have to go home and Google that because I'm now I'm like really intrigued. Yeah, January so. 7th is a Russian Christmas. And in Russia, actually, like when I used to live in New York, uh, Jersey, back in the day, like 30 years ago, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of Russians, they uh, like in the Bro- Brooklyn there's a Brighton Beach big uh, area where the Russians live a lot of them don't even buy uh, Christmas trees because they wait until Americans throw them away and <laughs> get it from the trash brand new ones oh my gosh and uh, put it because in Russia you don't set up a tree most people only set it up on 31st that okay so like that actually makes a lot of sense though too because it's like you know there's, why, there's a million why trees why spend money on the tree when you can find a perfectly brand new tree a lot of americans throw it the next day out yep yeah that's true it's a perfectly true. good tree and they they take it home and that makes so much sense yeah i mean i totally would do the same thing too if i was just like i'm gonna use this for the next two weeks and you're done using it and you're just gonna right. leave it there yeah i'll take it you know like that's so cool right. that's right. so cool so, yeah, I mean, like, that's that's some of the stuff that I like sitting down talking with you and, and learning about the things that, like, yeah, you celebrate Christmas, but it's slightly different, you know? Right. So, so, I mean, but the only downside of that is in Russia, you don't have... The big thing, like, a difference, like, uh, I went to celebrate New Year's Eve. In America, a lot of people don't even celebrate New Year's Eve. Yeah. I mean, someone go wherever, like, go to a bar. People don't even look at the TV at the drop ball drop. Mm-hmm. They don't care about most most of them, you know. In Russia, New Year's is the biggest thing. I mean, it's like at eleven, you know, everybody starts drinking and they uh, get together at the table and they uh, at eleven 
everybody opens champagne and they uh, say good, goodbye or farewell to uh, to the, uh, the they, they call it old New Year, mm-hmm. you know, and then whatever couple toasts and then at midnight that's the real party starts. Oh gosh! You know? Usually that's when everyone's winding down over here. Yeah, the real party starts and normally it goes till like eight nine in the morning. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. Uh, so that's, it goes uh, until Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and everything like on the second third i mean everything is closed mm-hmm. you know all the stores whatever and people normally like you would you gotta really make somebody work on new year's night mm-hmm. i mean if they put you to to work i mean they make sure they pay you like three or four times more or whatever nobody wants to work on new year's because it's the biggest holiday of the year oh that's crazy that's super cool you know that's an, I mean, that's the kind of stuff I, I just love talking about, you know, and it's uh, it's cool that you're here and you're like in the north central Iowa area. I mean, you you spent a lot of time in the Fort Dodge area uh, and that's like kind of where I met you was in the in the music scene here. I met you at some jam nights back at uh, Patty's, Patty's Pub. Right. Yeah. And that's that's also kind of crazy to think that that's been gone for a while now and there's no more Patty's Pub right. jams. But but I do see you over at uh, bootleggers, bootleggers sometimes. Yeah. Well, you know? the reason I go there because I just moved here kitty corner from them you know one mm-hmm. minute walk so don't have to even drive there so i go yeah. there pretty nice and uh i'm trying to get to barnum everybody keeps telling me that there's a like a tuesday night jam oh yeah but i play pool league on tuesday night and normally it's not over i mean until like 11 or whatever and oh. then by the time i get there the jam would be but i'm planning to go there sometime sometime i might go there tomorrow if there is one because uh should be one because tomorrow uh uh, there's no pool league for me nice nice so yeah uh that the barnum jam that's a fun one there's no more jams that really happen in fort like in fort dodge itself are there no not no. not in fort dodge unless there's something happens like that time they had a benefit show for that uh, guy that tracy i think mm-hmm. that yep. passed away that time it was a jam mm-hmm. I, I went to play over there last year and uh talking about christmas mm-hmm. this christmas just passed on a Christmas day at night, I mean, well, the night before, I ran into Clint. Yep. And Clint goes, hey, what are you doing tomorrow? I'm like, I not, not, not many plans, you know, I don't have any plans. And he goes, hey, you kind of like me, you know, you don't have a family, whatever, you've got no, nothing to do. If you got nothing to do, come on over, I'm playing, and you want to jam? I go, yeah. And I said, is it all right for bring my guitar, my amp? So yeah, that's cool. So, so I came over and uh, he told me in the beginning he was apprehensive about it because he didn't know what to expect. He knows me from the like a shredder perspective that yeah. I play metal and I shred and do this. Oh, yeah. And if you know Clint Riddle, you know what kind of music he plays. Yeah, like folk music. Yeah, kind yep. of folk. Yeah, a little bit maybe on the countryside, whatever. Yep. And uh, he he was apprehensive. He said uh, that's what he told me. And uh, first uh, I was gonna like. Even like I didn't know what to. I, I brought my amp. Uh, I got this line six. Mm-hmm. So first I got the clean channel with some whatever delay on it, whatever. Uh, I thought it was gonna do some kind of psychedelic stuff. Mm-hmm. But then I turned it to distortion, whatever. Started jamming, and damn, clean started digging it. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and then uh, I, I even told him, I go, dude. I mean, I can uh, switch back to play some softer, whatever. He said, no, no, that's cool. Mm-hmm. And some <laughs> of the songs, he said, damn, we even sound like Hendrix, whatever, and. One of his songs, actually, that really uh, worked well, I mean, uh, the song he does uh, about Trump, I forgot the name of it. Oh, yeah, While the World Dies. Yeah, While the World Dies. And uh, I did some sweeps in that song, and he said he liked how it works, and and it was great, actually. I mean, uh, the the wildest part about it, because mostly he played his songs, Mm -hmm. and I don't know none of them. Yep. And uh, I just play by ear, and on top of that, what makes it more difficult, he plays with a capo every time, and he goes, okay, girl, what key is it? And, oh, I said, I don't know, a capo on the fourth fret, and a C shape. I go, okay, and then capo on the seventh fret, or whatever, so I had to, like, go by ear. Yeah. You know, and, uh, but pulled it off, I mean, crowd loved it. Yeah, yeah. And the uh, <laughs> place was packed, I mean, and, yeah, Clint was, yeah, he wasn't even... Kind enough, um, gave me some uh, tip money, so I, I was happy. I mean, it was awesome. Yeah, that's cool, man. Um, yeah, uh, I do want to say, like, pull that mic up a little bit closer. Okay. Me. But but yeah, I mean, I still got you on uh-huh. here. But but still, like, I mean, that's uh, I remember the first time I played with Clint. 
at a show because it was kind of the same deal. He's like, what are you doing? You want to come play a show with me? And I was like, sure. And then you go show up and like you said, it's he's got capo every song it's in a different spot every song mm-hmm. the chords are different every song and then you're just like uh what key are we in? and then you gotta like for me i have to know what key i'm in i'm not super good at playing by ear so i have to like sit down and really think about it and i'm like okay i know what we're doing here mm-hmm. but i've played with them enough at the jams where i've kind of figured it out you know right. and stuff like that but it is kind of fun to to kind of go up and play with other people because i mean you're you've done that before at jam nights but you've also done that at like jesse wilson shows right. over at you know, bootleggers, and it's like mm. Igor's here. Ego, you're coming up and playing a couple songs, you know, and and so you play leads or whatever. And I mean, that's uh, you know, I've seen it happen because uh, I'm the I'm the guy playing guitar, so I'll I'll gladly hand over the guitar to somebody else that wants to play along, you know. So, um, you know, and that's right. just one of those things. Playing with different people, though. Um, I mean, like you spend a lot of time here playing, uh, practicing by yourself. Uh, but do you have do you play with too many bands anymore or is that not something? at the moment right now I'm working on my album uh recording I mean writing songs and uh, uh kind of structuring them together and as soon as I'm ready I'm gonna either I'm trying to figure out how to record at the house you know like my own stuff like I know Jesse I've been to Jesse's house a couple of times and uh he showed me his uh studio or whatever mm-hmm. But I suck. I'm computer dumb when it comes to them software programs, whatever. I gotta figure out because I got the interface, I got the Zoom, uh, what uh, something else, and uh, but I don't know how to plug it in, how to. <laughs> I tried it one time and like came out like crap. Oh no! <laughs> so I wanna I wanna learn how to record, or at least just do some sketches. But uh, right now I'm kind of like financially not there yet uh, because I've been off work for a while. Mm-hmm. My my season I work in Vegas, you know. Yep. And uh, in the summertime, and I've been off for like last three months. Yeah. So kind of, but when I start working again, then I definitely I'm gonna go to the studio. And I already talked to a couple singers here. Uh, I talked to Jeremy Ober. I talked to uh, I forget to couple Clint. Uh, to, uh, to Scott. Kirkhart, mm-hmm. a couple other guys, you know, because I want to do, because I'm not a singer. I might sing one song, whatever, but uh, I want to do kind of like what Santana did. Yeah. You know, did an album, like different singer on every song and yeah. he plays. That's what I kind of want to do. Yeah. You know, invite one singer to sing this, one singer to do that, one singer to do that. And uh, when I'm ready, I'll, I'll just play for the studio time and go. I'm looking for a drummer. I want to find a drummer that can play double bass. Yep. Like uh, preferably like like decent double bass like metal hard rockish. I know a guy. <laughs> I know a guy who know a guy. That's a good. Uh, that's a good way to be. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, talking about, uh, I, w- I was gonna say, since we started on the New Year's thing, whatever Christmas, uh, I was kind of like uh, go back a little bit to uh, like 2020 and whatever 2021. Actually, a lot of people hated 2020. I mean, I loved it. Yeah. Because, I mean, it was quarantine, and it gave me plenty of time to start playing guitar again because I had a long break from a guitar. I've, I started a long time ago, played a long time, but I had a long break. Probably six years I didn't touch guitar. Yeah. So, and when I was like 19, I used to practice like 12 hours a day, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, so 2020 gave me the opportunity to do that again. And I was practicing, like my chops started coming up, and then 2021 came in, and in January of 2021, I got carpal tunnel. Oh, yeah, you were telling me that. And it was so bad. I mean, I got depressed because, I mean, I couldn't play. First, I couldn't play for months. And then I started playing with the sleeves I was wearing. Yep, I remember yeah. that. It was like the it was like you were a heavy metal guy wearing those heavy metal like sleeves and but right. fingerless gloves. Yeah, I, and except I, it was like a medical. I, I couldn't risk. play for longer than like ten minutes a day. I mean, uh, it was horrible. And I, I thought, and everybody kept telling me like get a surgery, whatever. And I see people who got carpal tunnel, and uh, I one of my friends got a surgery, and then his hands are all messed up after that, mm-hmm. and uh, another one and. Plus, medicine here in, in the States, I mean, they want to do the final, I don't know, like in different countries, it's different. Like in Russia, whatever, they try to fix it first before they do. In in America, okay, first thing, okay, cut it. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I totally get what you're yeah. saying. So it's one of those things like, well, we'll try to rehab this and change your lifestyle and diet and everything else. Anything they can do to fix any so, problem before they're like, let's do surgery. So that carpal tunnel, like, discouraged me because when, when I really had it, like, 
uh, when I had cases of it, I mean, it was so it was so bad. I uh, I couldn't open the water tap or bottle cap without pliers. Oh my god! I mean, it was so bad. I mean, and it discouraged me. And then, of course, uh, my job came in. I go on the road for a couple months of pop. I didn't touch my guitar, whatever. And then I come back. I try to play and I play a little bit, and then it kicks in again. That carpal tunnel, oh. and, and I was like, and then. I would call this 2021 the year of the rubber band. Okay. A good friend of mine, Mark Brown, from Alaska. He's a pool player. Mm -hmm. And every time I go work in Las Vegas, I meet him. And you can look him up online. He's a, he's a Native uh, American from Alaska, Mark Brown. And uh, uh, the name of his band is, you can Google him or whatever, find it on YouTube, uh, Mark Brown and the Blues Crew. Okay. He's a great blues musician, whatever. And uh, I ran into him this August, I believe, when I was in Vegas. Again, we start talking, and he goes, hey, how you doing? How's guitar going? I go, well, it's going, but I got carpal tunnel. He said, I had it before. I, I had it fixed. I go, how? Do you have a surgery? He said, no. I go, what did you do? He said, I'll show you a simple exercise. Five minutes a day, I mean, it reverses it and cures it. And, like... And he, he at least stops it, and you can reverse it to the point of where you never had it before. Oh, and wow. I'm like, wow, what is it? He said, I've had it, and uh, because uh, one time we, we were gigging all the time, he said, and I played for like 12 hours a day, gigs, mm -hmm. you know, for like a month, and I got, had a real bad carpal tunnel, and somebody showed it to him, and he said, the, the thing is, the doctors in this country, they won $50,000 for the surgery. They don't want to, nobody knows this secret. And he showed me simple exercise mm -hmm. involving a rubber band that you do five minutes a day and within a week. And I was skeptical about it. I thought it was bullshit. I couldn't believe it because it was so bad. And I didn't think that this simple exercise would do it. I started doing it. And even in the beginning, I started, then I stopped it, then I started, then I stopped it. And then I started doing it, and I, damn, I feel better, better. And then one day, my hands don't get numb, and everything's. And <laughs> right now, it's almost like back to where I never had it mm -hmm. before. And I'm so happy, and now I can play the craziest stuff that I, a lot more crazier than I used to do. Like, and uh, the year of the rubber band, just simple rubber band. And actually, that exercise you can do without the rubber band. You can just. So that basically saved my guitar career again. I started playing again. So is is this something you still do every day? Yeah. You still do the rubber band exercise? Yeah. Is it pretty much just putting a rubber band around your fingers? and Like this, yes. Oh, wow. So I, I've i seen something like that. Or you can do just a, a, some isometric, even without the rubber band, just... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just tense your fingers real. Yeah. So like the whole the whole gist with like, carpal tunnel because i like went and looked it up once and it's you like pinch a nerve somewhere yeah. in your wrist right. and it messes with your uh -huh. ability to grip using mm -hmm. uh these three fingers mostly right um and then there's another one that's like cubital tunnel mm -hmm. it's like carpal tunnel but it's like a nerve on the other side and it right. it, it dinks with your other uh -huh. two fingers if anybody else would tell me that i would never believe it i would never try it but i know the guy he's a blues guy he's a great blue, <laughs> blues player he plays for years He's got his big following in Alaska. They like popular big band, Mark Brown and the Blues Crew. Yeah, I was just, I was just for some reason thinking like over a bootleg or someone's like, yeah, just put a rubber band on your hand. It'd be like, I'd just be like, no, yeah, like I don't. Yeah, if somebody like some Joe Schmo of the street tells me that, I mean, I was like, get out of town, yeah. <laughs> right? But Mark, I mean, he told me, and that's crazy. I mean, that's so wild that it worked, you know, and it's. It was something that I, you know, I had known, but and I'm glad you know you told this story about having like carpal tunnel because I mean like you were and, you were putting up videos like almost every day of you just and like, of course I mean I I switched to like I switched to lighter strings I switched to eight mm -hmm. you know because but then I I looked up I mean there's a lot of big guys play using eight mm -hmm. Ingrid Malmsteen uh, Paul Gilbert uh, Steve I yep they all use eight yep. uh, the guy from zz top uses seven sevens yeah i mean you know so uh, uh, and they got people say if you use lighter strings you don't have the tone that's bullshit i mean i mean look at paul gilbert look at steve i, I mean they use eights look at Momsen and 
Yes, um, I mean... The technology in new hands. Yes, uh, I totally get what you're saying. Um, I mean, there is like an argument to be made about like thicker strings and more tone. Um, I will say like it does sound different, so it depends. The thicker on what... strings, uh, I would uh, have to agree. That if you play like hardcore, like gent or like metal, you know, real yeah. death metal, whatever, then for low bottom, yeah, you need the thicker strings. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna sound more meatier. Yeah, for sure. But uh, I mean, like. I do remember, gosh, who was who was it online that had a video of them playing sevens? And I can't remember. I, I don't know. I don't want to say it was somebody and have them mislabeled. But one, see, somebody on my Facebook had a video of them playing sevens, and they went to, like, bend the E string. They could bend it all the way off the frets. Mm-hmm. And so, you yeah. could, I mean... Imagine having like such a light string that you can bend so far right. and just bend it all the way off the neck. Well, well then you still don't get to the right note. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, it'd be hilarious. Right. So uh, you do you do have like finger exercises you still do for mm-hmm. your carpal tunnel? And then of course, I mean now I like I warm up before I play because I was going to ask if yeah. you're doing like exercises yeah, on the guitar you, before you start. Yeah, if anybody interested, you can look up uh, Petrucci, John Petrucci you know, yep. from Dream Theater. Yep. He's got a video and he spends probably 10 minutes just talking about how to stretch and warm up before playing so you don't hurt yourself. Yeah. And most guys, of course, I mean, the ones that play regular chords or whatever, but if you play some shred stuff with a real fast, uh, real stretchy, then uh, yeah, you, you need to... Uh, you you need to warm up. Yeah, I mean, it's something I never really thought too much about. But like when I started playing and, in a metal band, mm-hmm. I started realizing that like the more notes you're playing, it's like yeah, I better run some scales or something here right. beforehand. And I learned a lot of a lot of tricks on how to like practice. I mean, how to get the most out of practice time because when 2020 was like, I got this book. I called it Strictly Guitar that I write things in it, all my notes and stuff. And actually, I'm Eventually, I want to uh, start getting the books, organize uh, notes, and I want to organize it and write a book. Oh, that'd be awesome. Because I learned how to practice. And before, if I knew that in 2020, I'd be on a way different level right now. Because I learned how to, let's say, what used to take me five hours how to get that in five minutes. Mm-hmm. The same you know, benefit of practice. You know, that's true. Because, I mean, there is something to that. Because, like... You don't always look stuff up to practice, but sometimes you stumble upon things that you like. It's like, man, had I known this before, I wouldn't have wasted all this time looking for it. You know. And even though, like, I play guitar and I teach guitar, and I used to uh, teach guitar back in the day when I used to play classical, and uh, I take lessons every time I get a chance, and I took lessons from one of the best teachers in the world. Uh, what's his name? Uh, I forgot. I'll remember it though. Uh, I've um, uh, I uh, stumbled upon him on Facebook. Mm-hmm. I forgot his name right now. Can't recall. But I mean, he's one of the best teachers in the world, the guitar teachers. And uh, I took a lesson from him because he was offering like free uh, lessons, half an hour lessons, and I did it via Skype. And uh, it was awesome lesson. A lot of big guys took lessons from him. A lot of like slash i think somebody else like some big names mm-hmm. and then i took lesson from roy marshbank and that guy i mean if you don't know who roy marshbank is you uh look him up that guy probably the fastest the cleanest the most technical guy in the world a lot of people talk about sean lane well he passed away he was the probably the greatest guitar player alive I mean, and, uh, well, he's not alive anymore, but I mean, that guy was like st- still very, thousands of people try to play his songs and they never be able to. And uh, Roy Marshbank can play his songs and he just incredibly clean. And uh, and I took a lesson with him. I, cool. I paid for, for his lesson. I mean, and I learned a lot. And one lesson from Rick Graham, Rick Graham. That's cool. And Rick Graham is another one. One of the his level is like everybody's here. He's like on a skyscraper on the roof. That is kind of funny how like a lot of the people we all know yeah. is like. Oh, actually, I, I learned about a lot of great guitar players that like way above. You know, like everybody knows about Guthrie Gowan. Mm-hmm. He's like one of the guys that up there. But there's a young kid from my hometown, actually, from Siberia, from Irkutsk, Max Ostra. And that guy, 
he's right now I think he just turned 17. He started playing guitar when he was 13. Yeah. Self-taught. Mm-hmm. When he was 14, I, I saw him playing on Russian TV. He was playing Malsin and Gilbert note per note. Oh, jeez. In one year. Now he's playing world-class, and I think one of the... Uh, he still lives in Siberia, in Russia, in Irkutsk, where I'm from. But uh, he, uh, he works out of there. I think GNC, guitar, something, whatever, on Facebook. There's a big uh, company. They hired him. He works for them. He does the fusion lessons and whatever. He's like way above anybody on the level, especially like in such short period of time. In four years, he achieved more than most guys will learn in 40 years. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And another, uh, the last one that like blew my mind, this girl, Tori Slasher. She is just, I don't even know how this is possible. It's just pure talent. And like, I mean, she plays tapping and all kind of, uh, like if you watch her, Tori Slasher. She's just playing like, wow. It's like, holy, I mean. That's crazy. I mean, I love finding those people that are like, like you said, I mean, there's some people like, obviously, Steve Vai, is he good? Yeah, he's good, you know? Yeah. But like, there are some people that's just like, they're out there on like a weird level of playing the instrument. Oh, yeah. Where it's almost just like, there's noise coming out of this instrument. I've never heard that kind of noise coming out of one of these instruments before, right. you know? Well, like Matthias Eklund. <laughs> From the Freak Kitchen band. It's called Freak Kitchen. Freak Kitchen. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Matthias Eklund, his name, he's from Sweden. That guy is like, he makes some crazy noises. I mean, and he plays like. Is, is he, the, uh, does he play a, a headless guitar? A guitar with no heads? I don't know. He's got a whole bunch of. I was going to say. When first time I saw him, he played with a Vig Ear, but a lot of guys plays with Vig Ear. It's a, one of the best. It's a French guitar. Mm-hmm. The uh, Sean Lane playing Vig Ear. And. Uh, so, but lately, I mean, I started practicing and I'm so happy about this carpal tunnel. Mm-hmm. And I'm almost there where I, uh, I, like, you, everybody knows me, I like to play sweep picking, whatever. But I don't like the sound of sweep picking. I like alternate picking better. Mm-hmm. So, and I can alternate pick sweep picking. But I mean, not everything yet to mm-hmm. the speed that I do. But I mean, I'm almost there. And like, with my new practice regimen. That's crazy. You know. Yeah, I mean, like, you're doing things on the guitar that I, I don't know, it would take me forever to figure out, like, sweet picking, you know? But I, like I said, I, I knew a guy that, he's just like, I'm just going to practice it every day until I get good at it, and now he can do it, you know? And it, it didn't take him even a year to figure out how to how to do it. Well, regular sweet picking is easy. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, especially if you know what you, what to work on, I mean, but it's, I like the approach that Steve Morse does. You know, the guy, he plays with the Purple right now. Mm-hmm. He's a, He does all our pages, alternate picking. Or another Russian guy, Anton Aparin. That guy, he's young too, but he was like, when he was, he's a prodigy. When he was 80 years old, he came to the States and he played with Paul Gilbert. Oh, that's cool. I mean, when he was eight, he was on, on that level already. Now that's he's wild. like 27, 28. And that guy, he alternate picks everything. And... Uh, the sound of Alton and Picking is arpeggios is way better. Him and Steve, Steve Morse, and very few people do it. Well, one reason because it's hard to do, mm-hmm. you know. But you get more control when you alternate pick arpeggios, and uh, then when you sweep pick, it's kind of like in comparison. If you go racing, I mean, if you drive a stick or automatic, mm-hmm. so you're more in control of guitar when you alternate pick. Okay. Yeah, I could so. see that. I could see that. I mean, it's still like you more control on dynamics, whatever. Okay, yeah, I could and definitely see dynamics. Pick and the number one reason, I mean, di- difference because strings are different uh, thickness, mm-hmm. and when the pick goes down, I mean, you cannot change the force which with which pick uh, hits the string. You mm-hmm. know, when it goes down, the force stays the same. Yep. So the sound's gonna change a little bit and it's noticeable if you get get to dynamics but when you ultimately pick you can change it every stroke that's you wild can, you can really like brighten up your dynamics in mm-hmm. the song yeah gosh that's crazy stuff man i mean like i said i mean that's stuff i want to learn how to do eventually or like sit down and practice but that's some of that's also like i don't know where to start so yeah. like I need to figure some of that out. Just like that, uh, I was telling you earlier that uh, I started to learn how to hybrid pick before. Mm -hmm. First time when I heard one of the songs by uh, Rick Graham, and I didn't know 
when I heard it, I thought he sweep picks it. And I'm like, okay, so I picked it by ear. It took me forever because it's so fast. I mean, like the tempo is like 125 and he plays like 16th note triplets at 125. And uh, by ear, but then I found thing on YouTube where you can slow, slow it down, down without changing yeah. the pitch. Yep. And finally, I figured out what he plays. And still, I thought I thought he's sweep picking it. So I tried. And then I said, oh, screw it. I want to learn how to alternate. And I, I, I started alternate pick his. And then I found, figured out that he hybrid picks it. So, And finally, I'm like, all right, let me learn how. And I just the other day started. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, hats off to you for at least, like, going out there and doing it. Because there's so many people, I'm sure, that are in my shoes. Like, ah, I should, I should learn how to do that, you know. And we never even start doing it, you right. know. But it takes... Take some real serious gumption to actually like jump in and do it. So and the same thing, like this carpal tunnel, like uh, being thing in the past for me, it's like inspired me in so many ways. Because I mean, when I I didn't want to practice, you know, I started drinking a lot, you know, started whatever, hanging out, and now I completely quit everything, you know, mm -hmm. drinking, no say no to drugs or whatever. And completely just guitar, you know, my pool work and yes. So and I'm so kind of like re rejuvenated you. Oh back, yeah, you know? because yeah, I was bummed out. Just as that's. Well, I mean, it makes sense. It's the thing that you spent so much time on, and now you can't do it. You right. know, I mean, like guitar has been the thing that you spent the most time on all the time. It seems like so. Mm -hmm. So now when you can't right. do that anymore, I mean, that'd be nuts. That'd be like. I'd be like, you know, somebody taking my car away. I'd just be like, what, right. what am I going to do? Like, I have to just sit here or, like, walk somewhere? Like, right. this sucks, you know? Yeah. I totally get it. I totally get it. So, but, I mean, like, now you're doing all sorts of crazy stuff. You said earlier you're giving guitar lessons. Yeah. I mean, so uh, you told me before the podcast out at Riemann Music in Fort Dodge, Yeah, right? so far I uh, just got one student right now. But uh, if anybody's interested, especially, like, I mean... If somebody interested in it, like if, if they want to learn how to sweep pick, I mean, I, I became a guru on that stuff. Because mm -hmm. I mean, I, when I I didn't know what to do, and I studied just about every, watched every video on YouTube on on the subject, mm -hmm. and I was just surprised. I mean, how many garbage, how much garbage out there? <laughs> I mean, even a lot of guys that don't even know how to sweep pick, then teach how to do it. You know, oh, that's true. And so I remember that being a thing when I was like first learning how to play guitar i'd go on you know when youtube existed so like i first started playing guitar before youtube was like a thing and mm -hmm. there was guitar lessons all over it and then i like picked the guitar back up in my 20s and was like i'm gonna learn how to play this again so then i had to get on youtube and some lessons it's like this lesson's too complex i need to somebody to dumb it down and then somebody's like this is an e string and i'm like no no this right. is this is too slow <laughs> yeah like like uh, what's his name uh, michelangelo batio his video Oh my gosh! This, this is a pick. <laughs> <laughs> he was giving. He shows a pick of this. This is a pick. That's uh, so <laughs> funny. I remember he had one of those videos back in the day that was called uh, "Speed Kills." Yeah. Uh, and like the beginning of it, he's just like, "I'm going to give you the keys to the Lamborghini," yeah. Yeah. and he just shreds and shreds and shreds and shreds, and that's like lesson one. And I'm like, "What are you doing, dude?" Mm -hmm. Like, oh my gosh. But that's. I mean, that's hilarious though. So you're you're giving lessons out at Remans. I mean, that's. That's awesome. Uh, you and I were talking earlier about giving guitar lessons. And, I mean, like, I've been giving guitar lessons for a while. And I teach, like, beginner students mm -hmm. up until a level where uh, I have to set them free. Well, actually, otherwise... like, if you look at my hand, you see the scars? Yep. Used to be when I was uh, back in Russia, when I was, like, 18 or 19, first time, uh, I was offered the job to uh, uh, teach guitar because I used to play classical guitar. And I was... Uh, and uh, but when I was younger than that, I think 15 or 14 years old, I was big time Ozzy fan. Yeah. So I had an Ozzy tattoo on my fingers. Mm. And uh, but in Russia back then, it was like if you had any tattoos, any visible tattoos on your body, they would think that you're from jail or whatever. Yeah. And uh, they told me up front, they said, if you want to get a job, you gotta get rid of the tattoo. Mm -hmm. So I had to go to a place, and they they took my ink away from my fingers oh jeez so, yeah that was the reason otherwise i wouldn't get a job oh yeah, yeah i mean because i was teaching like little kids like seven eight year olds whatever like 
Yeah, you got to think you're playing guitar. They're yeah. going to be able to see your hands. Yeah, so. and if the teacher comes in and in Russia, everybody, oh, your teacher, what? He, he's from prison. You know, that's what they <laughs> back yeah. in the day, like 35, 40 years ago. That's what it was like. Yeah. Now yeah. it's different. Just like here, you know, yeah. everybody's got tattoos, but. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's. But I that mean, was the reason I got rid of this, just to, in order to give guitar lessons. That's crazy, because now that you said that you had Ozzy on there, it's like, oh, I can definitely see it now. Yeah. So. Now you see the scars. Yep. Yep. I, oh my gosh, I didn't know that. That's <laughs> that's wild. That's I wild. I was a big time Ozzy fan when I was a. I mean, we had talked a little bit about that, about some music that's over there that's um, accepted or not accepted, you know, depending on uh, the culture. So that well, was, it was back in the day, yeah, when the communists was, yeah, it was a blacklist of bands, which bands are allowed. With, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's wild. So if anybody's want to hear some more on that now topic. It's, yeah. Just like here, you know, especially how many uh, Russian bands coming out now, especially metal scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ginger, well, they're from Ukraine former Russia, you know, Ginger, they're badass, they tour everywhere, they play with big names bands, and uh, they just played here not long ago. Where at? Ginger, uh, in Iowa, somewhere in Des Moines, I think. Oh, shit. I wish I would have known that, I would have gone and check another band uh, right now is hard, real, like, heavy, like, death metal or some uh, slaughter to prevail. Okay. And there's a lot of Russian metal bands. Yeah, I mean... I mean, Russia and metal seem to go hand in hand. I mean, there's like some of those Scandinavian countries that are all about metal too. So like, I think uh, I put Russia. Metal metal scene is much bigger in uh, Russia than here right now. Yeah. Some bands that come here and they play like 2,000 venues, you know, 3,000 people venue. In, when they go to Russia, they play like almost like stadiums. No, oh my Still, gosh. Kind of yeah. like Japan. You know, Japan is yep. huge. <laughs> oh, yeah. On, on metal and hard rock. Yeah, when those guitar shredders go over there, the place is packed. And yeah, they come here, it's like they play in front of 500 people. Yeah, I've seen some wild, wild musicians play in venues that were like the size of your apartment if you knocked all the walls out. Mm-hmm. Like, And it's like, are you serious? Like, yeah. there's 30 people here? Like, why are there... Is there 30 people here for Felix Martin or whatever, you know? Like, right. And he's just, Felix Martin, I don't know if anybody knows who he is. He plays a double neck guitar, mm-hmm. but they're like right next to each other and it's all tapping the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's like his thing. So if you ever want to go watch that, but I mean, I've seen a lot of like Tony McAlpine. I saw mm-hmm. him, saw him there as well. And that was another one that was like, there's probably like 40 people at the venue. It's like, there's Crazy. 40 people here for Tony, Tony McAlpine. It's like back in classical times, like damn Mozart is playing and forty people showed up. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, which maybe that's how it was, you know. Well, (laughs) maybe. Oh my gosh! Oh, that'd be nuts. You know, I mean, I guess it's like one of those weird, like double-edged swords about music, because like you said, I mean, it seems to be like super big in other countries. Because I mean, like, uh, I think about like Germany was like really big into metal and probably still is. I don't know. I don't have any attachment to mm-hmm. the country, so I don't know. But like, they just seem to be cranking out like metal bands like crazy, like awesome ones. You know, like the biggest ones would probably be like Scorpions that everyone knows. You know, but like Halloween was from there too. Right. Was, oh, it was a tons of Tankard and uh, uh, what's the other one? I mean, Gamma Ray would be another one, but they came out of yeah, Halloween. Gamma Ray back in the day. But then uh, the the German Metallica shit. I can't recall the name right now for some reason. Yeah. So, but but yeah, I mean that's a, I mean that's one of the things I think is also fun talking to you is you grew up with some American music, but you also have like a huge knowledge of like other music from other places that I might not know about or other people around here might not know about. Well, I'm versatile. I'm open-minded uh, right now, especially the older I get. It's like the more open-minded I get, because when I, I remember, if, like back when I was like in my teens, I was a hardcore metalhead. I didn't want to listen to nothing else but metal. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. When I was like in my twenties, I mean, death metal only. If anything else sucks, yep. you know, I wouldn't shit. I mean, now I, I, I like a lot of blues lately. I mean, I play yep. a lot of blues. I've been watching your blues videos. They really intrigue me because I really like playing blues. You know, so I love blues. I mean, I like trance. Mm-hmm. music you know a lot of people call it techno whatever but mm-hmm. i mean i like if it's good it's good yeah that's what i i think the any genre of music got good music and got crap music that's very true that's very true i mean there's some bands it's like you can't say they're not good so like daft punk would be one it's just like right. listen to this and tell me it's not good this is good techno you know right. or whatever so um yeah i totally get it i totally get it 
So you're still you're giving the guitar lessons out there, Reem, and I just do want to say that again. So anybody wants to learn how to shred, you know, uh, like Igor, I mean, check out his Facebook page. Got all sorts of stuff on there yeah, uh, I've got on your some profile. YouTube trying to. You have to give me some links. I'll put them down in the description yeah. section. We'll share them for okay. everybody. Just send them to, to me on the Facebook, and we'll uh, we'll get them shared out there to everybody. So I mean, that's another thing. Like if you want to, you got to check these videos out because I mean, you po it seems like you post one a day at least. Well, I, I was I mean, now my guitar uh, the wire broke on it, so. Mm -hmm. Ah, we're gonna fix that. Oh, okay. We're gonna fix. It. We're gonna fix that. <laughs> yeah, that's a. That's definitely gonna be a thing. So, yeah. I'm. I'm stoked for that too. You know, to get you back up and running and stuff like that. Um, did it break after your show with Clint? After, yeah. Okay, I was gonna say if it broke before, what would what would you have done? Yeah, I, I would be screwed. I mean, <laughs> I'm playing acoustic electric. Yeah, I would get, get some. Put a mic I right up next to I would play his second guitar. guitar. There you go. Yeah, there you yeah, go. He'd bring it two guitars. Yeah, yeah. I guess I never thought of that. And so, it's yeah. crazy because it was already giving me problems because that contact. Sometimes I had to tap it, mm -hmm. and I thought it was bad connection. Well, it was, but uh, obviously it was bigger problem than that the wire just. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean that's something we'll we'll peek at that here in just a little bit. Um we do have a little bit of time left and uh God, I feel like there was a topic I wanted to talk about with you. Okay. Let's see if I can remember what it was. And if not, um I, mean, I just want to run back down through everything cuz you played that show with Clint. Oh yeah, that was a I was going to like try and touch back on that cuz I was asking if you'd like were playing with any bands or anything like that. But was it weird to play with somebody when they're controlling the tempo of music as opposed to like I see you practice it at home a lot with a metronome. So like, you know, with Clint Actually lately, I mean, I do practice with a metronome a lot, but uh, a lot of stuff that I do uh, doesn't involve metronome. Okay. You know, because especially like when you're working on speed, like if you want to play real fast, really, really I'm talking about really fast. Uh, the 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 Roy Marshbank, he's the fastest guy in the world probably. And uh, another guy I talked to, James Moody, he's a shredder from uh, I think right now he lives in Virginia. That guy probably the fastest and cleanest in the world. He can play 16th notes at 400 plus clean. Jeez. Oh, he makes Malmsteen sound like Clapton in, compar <laughs> in, in, in comparison. You know. That's hilarious. In, in, in comparison, and uh, the, both of them told me. Throw your metronome away if you want to learn how to play fast, you know. Both hmm. of them. And, uh, well, I mean, of course, it's an exaggeration. I mean, you, yeah. you do need a metronome, but, I mean, to a certain degree, a lot of, most of the practice stuff, I mean, you don't need it. Mm -hmm. And I used to be for years, I mean, that's the biggest lie people tell you. I mean, if you want to learn how to play guitar, start slow, gradually, and gradually speed up. And... It's working to a certain degree, but if you want to, you, I mean, look at the uh, runners. I mean, if you want to sprint or whatever, you don't run like, and then kick in a little bit, kick in, yeah. you know. If you want to run like uh, like that guy, uh, Ersin, whatever. The, uh, Usain Bolt? Yeah. Yeah. He, I just read about it. He runs like almost 30 miles an hour. Yeah. He's fastest. Yeah. If you want to learn to run like that, you don't run like five yeah. miles an hour, then speed up to six miles an <laughs> you learn how to you like if you practice slow with a metronome you you learn how to play real good slow yep at 100 120 bits per minute whatever but you're not you won't be able to play fast that is true that is true i mean there has to be like a point where like you said you can get i mean it totally makes sense if you want to if you want to get fast, you have to like be fast or like at least try to be fast. Because I did just, like... study. I mean, I, I did everything. I mean, when I was learning with that, 2020 was the best year for that part for me. I mean, I looked up. I mean, I was looking looking up videos how violin classical players practice, you know. Mm -hmm. Got advice from there how pianist and someone play crazy fast and some classical music is crazy like technical. Oh, yeah. And I was just looking up how them... How those people practice, you know. That's true. And I mean, I've, I've seen some wild sheet music in my day. It's, uh, yeah. uh, man, you know, I mean, that's another smart thing to think about because it's like. And it's crazy, like, uh, actually, like I was telling, like, my city where I'm from, Irkutska, so many people came out. It's like that guy, Max Ostro, he's hmm. like, and uh, right now I just ran into, I, I, I saw a video online and, and like, 
the name sounded familiar to me. It was Denis Matsuyev. And I'm like, and he's a classical performer. And so one of the best in the world, like playing piano. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, for some reason, how, how, how do I know this guy? You know, mm-hmm. familiar. And then he's from Irkutsk and he's a couple years younger than me. I remember when I used to start, one time uh, we were playing and uh, my, my string broke. And I remember he uh, like... Uh, so I gave him the guitar, he tuned my guitar for me and gave it to me back in the day. And now that guy, he plays like, he got millions of dollars and he plays big, like, uh, classical. Oh, yeah, those big, I mean, like, concert halls yeah, and stuff. That yeah, that guy came out from my hometown, Irkutsk. I mean, there's a... Oh, and another guy, uh, Vasily Akimov, uh, there's a Russian band from Russia. It's called Leonid and Friends. Mm-hmm. They just did a tour all over the States. They did it before, before COVID, and they just did it again. They do uh, classical covers, mm-hmm. but they do like Chicago covers, and all of them guys, they're oh, like... Oh, yeah, you were you told me about yeah. them and showed me, uh, sent me Those some of them once. badass. And, yes, and, 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 yes. And Vasily, the singer in that band, I went to jazz college with him. Oh, crazy. So, I mean, I don't know. From my hometown, there's a lot of people that are very musically inclined, like, came out. So is this something like from a young age you just always knew you wanted to do then was play guitar or like how did how did you how did you first No, actually first I got into music I uh I was like eight college. I was like eight or seven years old and uh my uh next door neighbor, my my buddy, his parents bought him an accordion. You know? <laughs> and uh I came over and he impressed me by just played a scale, like C major scale or something. You know, I'm like, damn, that's cool. And I stopped bugging my parents, couldn't buy me an accordion, you know. So <laughs> finally, so cool. they got me an accordion. Well, actually, not accordion, it's a bayan, which is a, like a, instead of keys, it's got buttons. Okay. You know, but uh, in, in Russia, I, I just call it accordion because people uh, yeah. take list one. Uh, but, anyways, uh, so I started practicing because I was so inspired. I wanted, I loved music, I wanted to learn. And uh, I started going to take lessons, and the uh, the teacher that I had was a complete ass. I mean, <laughs> he was like, he would give me like some to practice, and I go to a lesson, uh, and uh, he said, "Okay, play me the exercise." And I start playing, and when I mess up, he would get a ruler and hit me on my fingers. Oh my gosh! And I was like seven, eight years old, whatever. <laughs> so I started hating the lessons, whatever. And then I would go get my accordion, go to lesson. Stop by, we drop it off at my buddy's house, and we go play soccer, or whatever, instead. And I come back, mm-hmm. you know. So, and then that's it. And I quit the accordion. And that guy beat the, uh, completely beat the uh, love uh, for music out of me oh, that for a few years. That and sucks. then when I was 13, then uh, guitar came out. Like, it was popular. Everybody in the streets, like, in the. Guys can get out, you know, mm-hmm. in the alleyway, sitting, singing on the guitars. Oh, that's guitars. cool. And, uh, and I wanted to learn how to play guitar. And one time my sister came in. She was, she's four years older than me. And she was dating this guy. One night he brought the guitar and she d- decided to learn how to play. And they spent like one hour or whatever. And then uh, they went to a movie and she tells me, don't touch the guitar. Well, of course, she left, and first thing I did, I went for the guitar, <laughs> and I saw a piece of paper, and it was three chords in it, you know, D, A minor, and uh, E major, mm-hmm. three chords, and uh, I never never played guitar in my life, I just saw the chords on the paper, and I decided to try, and I started putting them on, and like strum, whatever, and I got lost in time, couple hours, and she walks in from the movie, <laughs> she goes, Igor, I didn't know you know how to play guitar. I'm like, I don't. I mean, I was just, and that's how I started learning. That's crazy. Those chords. And then was one guy uh, on the block. He was the best because all the girls were around him. He knew all the songs, all the chords. He probably knew like 10 chords. So he was the, you know, <laughs> yeah. and I only knew three. Yep. So I came up to him and I go, well, can you teach me? He said, yeah, uh, come on over sometime. So I came over to his house and uh, he he told me, he said, I'm not going to teach you. You're tone deaf. You know, and, this, and he pissed me off. So I go, I'm tone deaf. All right. And I maybe practiced so hard. And then the guy uh, got drafted to the military. Oh, no. You know, and when he got back, I already 
had my band and mm -hmm. my band was popular in my town mm -hmm. whatever and he found me he came to me asked me to give him lessons i go no i can't give you lessons i'm tone deaf <laughs> <laughs> that's funny throw a bag in his face that's yeah. hilarious but i mean probably if he didn't tell me that i probably wouldn't practice as hard but yeah i mean you play by ear so like i was so you're the opposite of, you're the that. opposite of tone deaf right yeah because <laughs> i'm i'm somebody like i have to see shapes and stuff and like do math in my head and then i'm like all right i know what we're doing but <laughs> right I'm, I'm blown away by you guys that can play by ear that's that's super cool so i mean uh i mean you've you've not you haven't been short of fun stories this this podcast same as last one so uh i do want to say thanks uh is there anything else you do want to cover in this episode before we oh. before we cash it out because i mean we we did cover your show with clint which was you know that was fun, fun. fun. It was a, was a Way better turnout than what I was expecting. Yeah, and Clint said the same thing. Yeah, because we played there Christmas Eve, and I've mm. never played a Christmas Eve show. He I was, was thinking, like, Christmas Eve? Who goes out on Christmas Eve? That place was packed Christmas Eve. Well, the next day was was way more people than Oh, that. my gosh, that's nuts. And the place was packed. I mean, I mean people loved it. I mean, Probably the only place open on Christmas. Yeah, so. and people loved it. I mean, I, I could tell by the... I mean, I've played many gigs over my lifetime, mm -hmm. and... uh you could tell it was oh what i was gonna say that uh recently well you know john bowman mm -hmm. he's playing with a band now uh called uh, people like us yep yeah they played a couple gigs here in fort dodge because i haven't seen him in a while and then uh i had a message from him on he sent me a message he said hey i'm playing tonight bootleggers so like, oh let me check it out mm -hmm. so yep. i came over he was there and yeah they're good then uh well, I mean, I really enjoyed it, yeah. And uh, what I like that I heard a lot about them Harley Benton guitars. Yep. They dirt cheap. Yep. You can get a real deal guitar for cheap. And right. they built he, very he, good. He got himself one of them. Yep. And their guitar is badass. I mean, he let me try it. I mean. Yeah, for. You can buy basically you can buy two thousand dollar guitar for like three hundred dollars. Yeah, That's I mean. That's what it is. Like in in comparison to. The crazy part was, like, for a while they were making them, and then they were like, "We these are too cheap, and then they had to up their prices, mm -hmm. and they're still cheap. Yeah, they're still cheap. For, like, $300, if you pay $300 for Harley Benton, it would be, like, in comparison, like, $2,000 if you spend on a regular guitar. Yeah. I and mean, they, like, probably even better sounding. Yeah. I mean, like, based on the way they look and everything, that's like having, like, a super badass Epiphone guitar, as far as I'm Plus, some guitars, uh, there was a video I was just watching, the uh, guy from uh, Dragon Force, Herman Lee. Mm-hmm. He was uh, comparing, he just got a regular cheap, cheap ass, whatever, Squire or something. Well, regular, without any extra hardware, just the way it comes. Mm -hmm. And he was comparison to like uh, PRS, like that, like $10,000 PRS that he had. And actually that Squire sounded better than the PRS. Yeah. <laughs> for like 100 times cheaper. Yeah. I mean, 10 times, I'm, no, I don't know. Dude, I mean, some of that is, like, based on, like, the setup or who's playing it, too. Cause I remember well, of course, yeah, but, I mean, that, you could tell that guitar was good, I mean. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, sometimes there are those guitars, though. I mean, I, I do know people that swear by it, because, like, I've got one guitar that I've got two versions, I've, like, I've got two of. It's pretty much just two different colors of the mm -hmm. exact same guitar, but they don't sound the same. Mm -hmm. And it's, like, these are supposed to be exactly the same, but there's one that I think sounds better. And right. I've had other people play them both, and they're like, that one sounds better. I'm like, uh -huh. yeah, it does. I don't know why. Everything should be the same, pickups, all of it. But, you know, that's, uh, I mean, like those Harley Benton guitars, those are fun guitars, though. I remember, like... Uh, I never, well, the only one I tried, the one that John got. He yeah. let me try it, unplugged, I played a couple, but, I mean, it felt real good. Yeah, well, and it sounded good when he played it. So, which one does he does he have a Les Paul one? Les Paul, it looks like a almost like a Les Paul. Yeah, a little bit different than Les Paul. Yeah, it's uh, if I remember correctly, it might be a twenty four fret guitar. I think it's twenty four. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I mean, there's there's very few models of twenty four fret actual like Epiphone mm. or Gibson Les Pauls. So I don't know if Gibson even made one. I know Epiphone made a few. So. Mm. But that's another like crazy thing about that was if I recalled correctly like that was a twenty four fret which was like that's neat so because uh, I was like a big fan of Les Pauls growing right. up you know so 
Oh yeah, I mean that's like really cool because I mean I know they've played here in Fort Dodge a few times and I've seen. Yeah, it's it. crazy. I mean, got two female singers and uh, yep. the bass player. Like I was surprised because the bass player, I talked to him and uh, John told me and uh, the guy picked up a bass a year ago. Yeah. And he plays real good for one year yeah, playing they, bass. They played like an hour long set up up in Humboldt yeah. for, for for somebody just playing bass for just one year. He plays real good. The guy like yep. Yeah, they played like a show up in Humboldt yeah. and he had started playing like a month before the show or something. When I, when I played with the Clint, it was kind of, in the beginning I thought like, damn, I've, of course I haven't played live in a while and I wanted to show off, whatever. Yeah. But then I'm yeah. like, uh, no, I, I actually, I did something like, and he said, whoa, wow, that's cool, it sounds like Hendrix, whatever. And I just started playing a lot of like a bluesy stuff like yep like you know long vibrato notes like big bands and stuff and then that mm -hmm. worked well with him yeah and uh yeah just adding adding extra notes and then mm -hmm. then he'll give you a spot to solo and of course him. it was so challenging because i got no idea i mean what is next chord's gonna be what key is it in whatever one song i mean normally i was like catching it right away but one song he plays i forgot what his song was but one song it took me probably like 10 bars before I figured out like what key it was. Yep. I mean, it was so like, damn, but I mean. Yeah, it is a little goofy trying to figure that out sometimes. Like I, sometimes when we're playing like those four hour shows, we'll be playing a song and I'll be like, wait, I know all the chords for this, but for some reason my brain's blanking on what key it's in. And then it's just like, comes time to do the solo and it's like, ah, <laughs> and then I just start like plunking notes out until I'm like, oh, there's the key there. that All these notes sound good. Right. There it is. But, you know, it, it is pretty fun when you're trying to, like, go out there on the fly. I find that challenge, like, enjoyable, though. You know, right. it's well, not... Well, it kind of reminded me of my first time ever playing a gig. Like, first time ever when I was, like, I was only playing guitar for one year. And I was hanging out at this bus stop back in Siberia. And the bus pulls up to and stopped and the doors open up. And this big-name bass player guy in my city... He saw me and he knew me from because he's a friend with my guitar teacher. Mm -hmm. He goes, Igor, what are you doing right now? I go, nothing. He said, you want to play a gig? Get paid for it too? I'm like, uh, yeah. <laughs> so jump in. So I jumped on the bus. We go there. I go, what happened? He said, well, our guitar player at wedding last night, whatever, got too drunk and couldn't make it today. So we don't have a guitar player. I know you uh, learning guitar. So said, I go, all right, l let me play. So he said, stand next to me. I mean, I will tell you, I mean, what key is it, whatever. Just look at me. And I started playing. And then he would tell me, okay, play solo. And I'm, first time ever I played in front of, like, first time in front of people. Mm -hmm. It was awesome experience. That's, that's wild. That's a crazy story. Because, I mean, like, my first time in front of people, I practiced and practiced and practiced. And it still wasn't the greatest. Yeah, and I thing was ever. 14 years old. I mean, I was so happy because I was oh, playing with wild. a real band, you know. Got paid for it, and like that's everybody looking at me, like damn, it was so, it was badass. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, like, I unfortunately like got to play in front of a whole bunch of my like high school classmates. So like, not right. a, not everybody likes <laughs> you know the fact that you're out there trying to play guitar. Some people are just like, this is dumb, you know. So it kind of sucked. But um, yeah, I don't know. We also weren't the greatest either. So yeah, that, that has to be something to say for it. But I mean, that's wild. Like uh, that kind of reminds me of like like Owen O'Brien, you know, our, our right. bassist, like he's, he's, he was like 16 when he was getting gigs, you well, know, I was gonna, people were just like, you want to play a show tonight? Actually, when <laughs> I was in Vegas, I was going to hook up with Owen O'Brien, you know, like for my album, you know, to work on some songs. And I talked to him and he said, yeah, uh, he was kind of interested, whatever. But then I sent him a message. He never answered me. I don't know. And uh, then I see he's always gigging with somebody. So I figured he might be uh, too busy. Uh, he's busy because so i'm thinking maybe uh I, I got the number and i might talk to him uh nick the guy that uh he's got earned heart or yeah like, rural class guy yeah yep. works at the car dealership yep yeah i talked to him one time he was at the bootleggers and uh i might hook up with him because i talked to him and he said he'd be interested you know like mm -hmm. to work on my some of my songs yeah yeah, I mean that'd be, that'd be cool. I'd like to hear what that sounds like when it finally comes out because I'm excited about that too. Because um, you do have some material online that you've sent me, like a couple songs that you've played here and there. Some here and there, but the, the ones that I, I got enough material probably to come up with the whole album. But right now, probably I will do what they used to call EP. Mm -hmm. uh, probably three songs, whatever. Yep. Actually, what does EP stand for? Extended play. Oh. 
So yeah, there's... I forgot. I was thinking the other day trying to remember what it was standing for. Yeah. LP long play. Long yeah, play. Yeah, okay. yeah. Because otherwise, and then it's a single. You yeah. get single. Extended. Probably first, if I do, I'll probably either do like one single, then do three songs, and then do. But I got enough material to probably do a couple, couple albums. That's cool, man. Yeah. Oh man, I'm stoked for that. So uh, hopefully, when that comes out, you come back on the man, podcast. And it's gonna and we can be like somewhat pretty challenging technically because some of the stuff like let's say a year ago i wouldn't be able to play now i fly through it like it's nothing that's crazy that's wild well man uh thanks for joining me on the podcast You're welcome and, thanks uh, for inviting me absolutely absolutely yeah and, it's uh, good to happy talk new to you. year and i wish happy new year and yep. i wish everybody you know all the best in this new year heck yeah man you absolutely know, 2022 it's gonna Stay be good. true to your dreams yeah it's gonna be a good time man it's uh right I like I feel like I feel just like you. I feel like twenty twenty I got a even though it did suck, I got a lot of COVID my st- sucks. I mean whoever come up with that dumb shit, I mean it sucks. Yeah, but it was nice though if you like had the time in quarantine if you actually did something right. with it. You At know, least so. also I'm happy that we live in Iowa here. I would never say that like I would never believe that I would say that that I kinda like that I'm living in yeah. Iowa now because I moved here from Florida. Mm-hmm. Because anywhere else, I mean, we worked in Vegas, uh, masks, got to wear masks and this, and yep. now we barely, you know, we have to wear masks. Yeah, I mean, we did for a little bit, but that was... That for was a little bit, but not, nothing like over there, it's like mask Nazis. Yeah. The cop on the street will stop you, and when when I was drinking coffee, when I went there in January uh, mm-hmm. last year, the guy, would, cop, in the street, I was drinking coffee, he going put your mask up. I go, I'm drinking coffee. He said, well, you're not actively drinking it now. You take a sip, you know, right. then you put it oh up. Oh, my gosh, that'd be nuts. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, I mean, I'll, I'll give you a fine or something. Like, oh, my yeah. gosh. Well, hopefully 2022 turns yeah. out better than 2020 right. and 2021 did. So, dude, once again, thank you. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Yep. Thank you. Have a good one. Uh, you too. Oh, yeah. Igor's is such a great guy. I love seeing him at shows, and I love having him, you know, hop up on stage and play a little at shows. He's done it before at Jesse Wilson shows, uh, and, you know, sometimes he gets up on stage with other musicians. I've checked out some of his solo stuff. It is absolutely wild. I am stoked to hear what his new stuff sounds like. There are, is a link down below. I do have his YouTube channel linked down below, so check out his link for his YouTube channel. Uh, give him a Facebook friend request. He's got all sorts of videos on Facebook. I mean, I'm talking like multiple videos daily, it seems like sometimes. And, uh, you know, when he's around and he's not working his job, he's he's got a lot of videos and he's playing a lot of guitar. So I hope you guys enjoy that. I also hope you guys enjoyed the little advice he had with uh, the possible cure for carpal tunnel. I'm definitely going to check that out the next time I have a bout of carpal tunnel. Um, I do know I've had issues with it here and there uh usually have more issues with cubital tunnel than anything uh just based on sitting at computers quite a bit so i'm definitely going to check that out uh next time i'm feeling my hands are a little bit weak so uh hats off to him for divulging that nice secret for us all i hope you guys uh if there's anybody out there that suffers from it and you end up trying this out let me know if it worked or not let let igor know if it worked or not i'm gonna go out and buy a pack of rubber bands right now no i'm just kidding but seriously i i'm stoked to hear about that I'm glad his hands are doing better because for a while, I mean, if you look at some of his older videos, he was playing guitar in like hand braces because he couldn't function very well without them. So hats off to him, you know, uh, it just seems like he's, he's getting better and better, which is one of those wild things. It's like, how can you shred any faster? It's like, well, he found a way. So I hope you guys enjoy that. Uh, once again, check out his YouTube channel down below. I'm going to say thanks once again to Igor for sitting down talking with me. Had a great time sitting down talking with you, bud. Um, you know, we got his guitar rewired a little bit. I mean, it was just a, a soldering issue on the inside. Just bing, bang, boom, soldered up, done. And it's, uh, it's awesome to know that I, I have the ability to do that kind of stuff, too, for some of my friends. Um, you know, I recently fixed a guitar for another person. Uh, and it was just, you know, it's not always difficult stuff. Sometimes it's just they need a new input jack. And it's like, well, we'll get that done. And the funnest part about that one was uh, it was an input jack I was not used to seeing with multiple connectors etc etc but we made it work because uh well there's only so many places the wires can go so uh you know a little guessing a little testing a little looking online and boom you got it i mean it's easy as pie and well i shouldn't say it's easy as pie but i definitely have to say like learning how to solder and things like that helped out immensely in my uh confidence as far as uh knowing what to do with a guitar because i mean when i was younger growing up it was just like i don't know what's happening take it to a shop and then pay them money and then you never know what they're doing, you know, especially when you're 
ignorance is bliss, I guess. But when you're younger, you're just kind of like, yeah, I don't know what kind of wizardry is going on inside of the cavity of this guitar. But yeah, uh, yeah, sorry, I got a little sidetracked there talking about soldering. Check it out if you guys want to learn how to solder. Uh, I've taught a few of my friends how to do it. Uh, a few of my friends have wanted their items fixed, and I said, hey, I'll fix it for free. If you come over and run the soldering gun, I'll just point at stuff. And they've done it, which is really awesome. So, uh, yeah, hats off to everybody out there that's doing the DIY thing, too. Once again, check out Igor's link down below. I'm going to say that. There's also Audible Farm links down below, audiblefarm.com. You can find all the links to everything Audible Farm. There's also the Patreon channel link down below the patreon has video versions of the podcast full videos of the podcast so you can watch full video versions of the podcast on patreon it costs one dollar a month twelve dollars a year that's all it costs when you sign up it's going to say we recommend you give them five bucks but if you just want to give a dollar that's fine with me that's all it costs that's twelve dollars for a hundred or for 50 episodes uh but there are I think 70, this will be the 73rd episode on there. So there's a lot of episodes on there uh, with video versions on there. Uh, I will say that this episode does not have the full video version. I don't know what happened to my phone partway through the recording. It just kind of crapped out. So um, audio, it's all intact. Video, eh, maybe not so much. But uh, check out that Patreon channel. I've been trying to figure out something new to do with it. That's just like a Patreon exclusive for all the people that are on there. I think I have an idea. And I've been saying that for months, but I think I have an idea. And it's going to be just some nice, simple questions with some people, but I'm going to ask everyone the, the same questions and see how everyone answers them differently. So if you guys have any questions you want, that you think it would be a good question to ask all musicians or all people in the entertainment business or all your friends. If you, if you had one question, you could just go ask all your friends, what would it be? I mean, I mean, it could be anything. Does pineapple go on pizza? I mean, obviously the correct answer is no, but... And anybody can say anything they want, so... <laughs> oh, just kidding around. But seriously, I do have uh, some ideas for some things. Hopefully, I can get some free time to, to get a backlog of some things going. I don't know if I'll put those out on a scheduled basis. I might just put them out every now and then for fun. So, uh, yeah, check out that Patreon channel. Otherwise, Audible Farm Shop has all sorts of Audible Farm goodies. Shop.audiblefarm.com. I'm selling out of a lot of sizes of shirts, and... I'm happy about it. I'm, I'm glad. Uh, the shirts are fun because I'll go through some weeks and I'll sell a lot. Then I'll go through some weeks and I'll sell almost zero. And then I'll go through a few weeks and I'll sell a bunch again. So thank you guys for buying the shirts, wearing them. I see you guys wearing them in pictures, playing shows in them. That is the coolest thing ever. So thank you guys very much. I really do appreciate it. I am going to take off for the week. So I will check you guys all next week with another episode. One more time, I'm going to give a shout out to Igor. Great episode, Igor. Good to talk to you. Always good to talk to you. So we will see you guys next week with a new episode, with a new guest. Uh, same bat time, same bat channel. All right. Peace.